Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us, the great mysteries of the faith. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I don't know how many of you or how often you pray with the scriptures and even specifically for the scriptures and preparing for Mass. It is one of the things that allows us to receive so much of what the Lord wants to give in the Mass that as we come, having already meditated upon the scriptures that will be proclaimed at Mass, then it's like a cultivating of our heart, a cultivating of our mind and our soul to begin to receive what the Lord wants to communicate. Because the church chooses the scriptures for each Mass with, with great intention throughout the liturgical year, with great intention. So if you haven't prayed with these scriptures yet, or even if you have, just want to encourage you, Today's second reading, powerful. I mean, all of them. Today's second reading is extremely powerful. Brothers and sisters, when the fullness of time had come, right, we, at the beginning of Advent, we're now in the middle of the Christmas season. We have one more week of Christmas. At the beginning of Advent, we talked about how God the coming of His Son, the coming of God Himself in the flesh was an event so tremendous, so, so just incredible that He willed to plan for it, to prepare for it for centuries. The thing so amazing, so literally world-changing, creation-changing, that he will to prepare for it for centuries. And so in the fullness of time, then, then the Lord came in the flesh. Right? Why didn't he say he sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to ransom those under the law so that they might receive adoption as sons, as sons and daughters. That the reality is that because of sin, we are all separated from God. And sin, as St. Paul says, right, the wages of sin is death. So natural death entered the world, but so did the death of our souls. So that if the Lord had not come to rescue us, then we would spend eternity apart from him in eternal suffering. It's something important for us to understand and to know. Not with this negative sense of fear, like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, but like with a gratitude.
towards the Lord and a sober awareness of the reality of the effects of sin. But the Lord doesn't want that for us, right? God desires our eternal salvation. And so this is why in the fullness of time, he sent his son to come for us, to rescue us, to heal us, to restore us to the sonship, to restore us as sons and daughters in him. Actually, to elevate us in that way. And so we have, today we're celebrating the feast of Mary, the mother of God. If you grew up Catholic, then you know, like, Mary is an essential part of our faith. If, if you grew up as a Protestant, then maybe you thought um, that we worship Mary. Maybe you're Catholic and you think we worship Mary. We do not worship Mary. We only worship God. Worship is due to God alone. God alone, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We honor and reverence the saints. We give them honor and reverence, but we do not worship them. And so the Blessed Virgin Mary, we give a particular honor and a particular reverence to her because she, chosen by God, in the order of salvation history to be his mother, was given a unique grace, a provenient grace. If you were here with us for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, we talked about the reality of how God himself, right, he preserved her, that she was immaculately conceived in the womb of her mother, St. Anne, as a means of preparation that she would become the chosen vessel that God himself would choose to use to receive his human nature from. And in this sense, Mary becomes the new Eve and Jesus the new Adam. As the first Eve and the first Adam, right, lacked trust, right? They lost their trust in their creator. The catechism tells us this, that man lost the trust of his creator in his heart. It died in his heart, and then therefore he disobeyed. This was the first sin, a loss of trust and disobedience. And then the catechism tells us then every subsequent sin, every sin you commit, every sin I commit, is a lack of trust in God, and then therefore disobedience. That I do not trust God to provide for me either what I need or what I want, and so I will grasp at it myself. I will not trust him. And so the Lord, right, he didn't have to do it this way. God could have chosen to save us and redeem us in a different way. But as the church tells us, it is fitting. It is fitting that it was through, uh, right, man, particularly a couple, right, Adam and Eve, that sin entered the world, that it would be fitting, right, that it would be through God himself taking on our human nature, that Jesus fully God and fully man. And this is another thing sometimes that we talk about Jesus as the son of God, and sometimes we can have this connotation that he's like not God, he's God. Every Sunday we pray the creed, we profess that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are each God. 
It's just, uh, wait till Trinity Sunday. We'll get into the, the whole aspect of there. It's a great mystery that we can only know by revelation. But Jesus himself is God in the flesh and that he came as God and as man completely united to say yes to the Father as man, as in, in God in the flesh to redeem us and save us. And again, why? Out of pure love for us. Pure love for us. And he chose the Blessed Virgin Mary, right, to receive him, that she's become the mother of God. And so as we venerate Mary as the mother of God, then is this, this amazing reality. Like, have we stopped lately during this Christmas season to contemplate this mystery? The Lord came in the flesh. He came in the flesh. He took on our human nature. Like, look at your hand. Look at your hand. God had one of these. Because he wanted to be this close to us. He knew what it felt like to be hot and cold, to be embraced, to be rejected, to be tired, to know joy, to know suffering. He knew all of this as a man in the flesh. And that ultimately he knew a level of suffering that we cannot imagine for the sake of, of saving us. That the reality of sin and death, right, are powers that had their grip upon us, that we gave ourselves over into in sin, and that we do each time that we, that we commit mortal sin, right? We were giving ourselves over here. And so the Lord Jesus has come that we might not remain there, but that he would rescue us. And then, and then in Christ and through the grace of the sacraments, we become sons and daughters in the Son. So again, notice this. This is so, like, mind-blowing. The guy's just like, hey, I want to save you, and then I'm just going like, to stick you in heaven, and it's just a really fun place, and just like, you know, like, it's an amusement park, or whatever the part you want, like, it's great, you're saved, like, go hang out, have a lot of fun. The Lord's like, no, 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 no. That is not enough. I want you to be completely united to me. I want you to share in my own perfection and happiness. Like, this is what God desires. An intimacy with us, again, that is beyond our even comprehension or understanding. And so he took on our flesh. Maybe you've heard um, you know, of uh, Father Mike Schmitz. If you haven't, you know, you've probably been living under a rock. It's okay. Or maybe you're just not caught up with all the internet stuff like everybody else, right? So it's all right, all of us. The internet is good. We just use it poorly often, I tell you, I tell you. But um, he, he did the Bible in the year last year, and this year he's doing the catechism in the year. So lots of people love the Bible in the year. You should get almost just excited, okay? 
almost just excited. The Bible's way better because it's sacred scripture, right? But the catechism is, is a treasure. It is a treasure that actually a lot of times is illuminating scripture and tradition for us. So if you've grown up Catholic and you're like, I don't know why the church teaches this or that, or, you know, why does Jesus, I don't agree with the church on this or that. Like, have you ever actually like thought to yourself, well, I'm going to try to figure out like why the church teaches what she teaches. And some of the more fundamental level. Well, if you haven't, this is your year. Actually, every year is your year, but this year is just going to be easier. So sign up for the um, Father Mike Smith's catechism in a year. Um, it's it's going to be good. Even if you don't sign up for it, just begin to read the catechism. So I'm going to read the first paragraph. The first paragraph. Because it, it just coincides with today's feast in an amazing, beautiful, providential way. It says, God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, meaning he doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. In a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. What? That's why he made you. To share in his own blessed life. Why do you exist? To know perfect goodness and perfect communion and happiness with God in heaven. That is why you exist. That is why. That is why God created you. It's crazy. For this reason, at every time and in every place, even right now, at every time and at every place, every time and every place, even when you're committing sin, even when I'm committing sin, at every time and at every place, right? God draws close to us. And when we're sinning, he's not excited about it, but he's like, come on, what are you doing? Come here. Choose me because I'm pursuing you. It says he calls him to seek him, to know him, and to love him with all of his strength. He calls together all men scattered and divided by sin into the unity of his family, the church, to accomplish this when the fullness of time had come. We kind of heard that in the scriptures today. God sent his son as redeemer and savior in his son and through him he invites men to become in the Holy Spirit his adopted children and thus heirs of his blessed life. Do we think about this every day? New Year's resolutions, there's great, awesome, great thing. Is our New Year's resolution, if we're making one, is it about understanding this reality and living this reality more? That God, perfectly good, in and of himself, in a, player of, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created us to share in his blessed life. And so therefore, you know who it is up to and whether or not we share in God's blessed life? Me, you, us. God has already chosen it, but he has given us free will to say yes or to say no through the course of our life. 
If this is not the thing that drives every decision that we make, brothers and sisters, then we have idols in our life. Everything. Lord, you have made us. You have made us for yourself. And you have pursued us. You came as a child. You offered your life on the cross. Give me a desire for you. So, as, we, as we're entering into this new year, as we're still in the Christmas season, brothers and sisters, we need to pray and ask God for conviction. For conviction. To have our life oriented toward Him and Him alone. And then everything else falls into place. Everything else. No matter where we are, no matter what we've done, there is no sin bigger than God's mercy. There's not one. It doesn't exist. Jesus talks about the unforgivable sin uh, as blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? God, you can't forgive me. Or God, I don't want you to forgive me. That's it. It's just our refusal And so today, at the beginning again, Lord, we come again and we lay ourselves before you. And I ask for conviction about who you are and your love for me and the purpose of my life so that every decision I begin to make, that I make it in regards to pursuing you, eternal life with you, and bringing as many people with me as I can. Because what does it profit us to gain the whole world? What does it profit us to gain the whole world but to forfeit our soul? Eternal separation from God. It's a bad deal. But to surrender to him and to choose him, then we become sons and daughters in the son and know blessed life forever. So as you come up to receive Holy Communion today, or if you're, you're not in a state of grace and prepared to receive Holy Communion, at that time, we're asking, I want you to ask the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is the mother of God and our mother as well, to ask her, pray to your son that the Holy Spirit would give me conviction about who God is and who I am and the purpose of my life. And that I would make decisions to pray and to study and to to change my life in union with the Holy Spirit for the one goal of spending eternity with the Blessed Trinity and bringing as many people as I can with me. Like, let us ask her as our mother to intercede for us with this, and then let's make decisions to pray every day, to study the catechism, and to love especially those most in need. To love those in need is to love Christ himself. And as we do this, brothers and sisters, the world will be effused with the light of Christ coming forth from our souls because the light will be him. God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. 
Give us conviction, Lord, about this and about laying our lives down and following you. Mary, the mother of God, pray for us that we too might say yes as you have said yes. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.